and on June 16th, they're going to have Camera Day. So all you camera fans, from 12 to 12.45, you can take pictures, and there will be prizes awarded for the best pictures taken. That's Camera Day, June 16th. Also Ladies Day. Welcome to the BBA Today, your podcast that covers events around the Brewster Baseball Association every day with your host, Yellow Springs 9 General Manager, Ron Collins. And now, let's get on with the show. All right, thank you, and welcome to episode 8 of the podcast. It's chugging right along, we're into our second week of essentially daily uh, podcasts. Uh, I am really excited this morning to have Brandon Slock with me today. He is the general manager of the Charm City Jimmies, and what we're going to do today is actually just kind of do a bit of a deep dive into his team, because the Charm City Jimmies have been the topic of some discussion uh, recently, mostly because I think their record is 16 and 26 rather than 26 and 16, as a lot of people started uh, the season thinking that might be, so... The fans in Charm City are probably starting to get a little bit restless and been very excited to, to uh, take a few moments to talk with Brandon here today and see what he thinks about his team. So, Brandon, thank you for your time this morning. Welcome to the BBA Today. Uh, thank you for having me. I um, uh, guess maybe not so excited to try to figure out maybe <laughs> what's going on. Well, so talk to me a little bit about your team. What are your uh, early analysis after, what is this, 42 games into the season with only 16 wins? Well, we're the pitching, again, is struggling, even though some last sim or two, some of the arms have started to turn around a little bit. Um, I knew Raphael was a gamble. Um, he's been up and down. And some of the other arms, like Rojas, he's been getting hot. So the arm, but the arms still need to get it together. And the bats, I think the bats are okay. But I think with the, with how the league is now, even though they do a good job of getting on base and even driving the ball a little bit, I, I'm thinking they're not the best at. Uh, I haven't looked it up, but I wonder what their run runners and scoring position numbers are. I think the uh, Jimmies right now are. Offensively, it seems like they're actually a slugging team, um, not so much an a um, on base machine. <laughs> yeah, as far as that goes, uh, you're doing some interesting things, I think, with your uh, with your lineups and your depth charts and so forth. Looks like you have a interesting little platoon platoon and counter platoon going. It's, uh William Drew plays second base and left field. Satino seems to slide over from left field into right field when you've got Drew and left. Yeah. Um, and then you're doing something interesting, it looks like, with, uh, was it Akbult? Is that how you, pro- I don't know how you pronounce your right fielder's name, but he slides over and plays third base uh, sometimes. That's kind of a weird little rotation. Uh, is that by design or? Yeah, it kind of was just because of how um, just our lefty righty matchups. <clears throat> it was just best to do it that way. You know, I'm, I try to, uh, and I think a, I think some of the guys in the league do. Though I've noticed there are some other guys who could do a better job of, you know, even if they could be average at another spot, just make sure if I'm in a pinch, I can, you know, even though he's, you know, like Ackbolt. I don't even remember how it's spelled, so I don't know if I'm even saying it right. Even if you know he's a stud third baseman, if he, if I can throw him in a corner outfield spot for the betterment of 
the lineup run producing and he's and he'll be fine out there then so be it um he's actually been as of now been optioned and i brought up from triple a uh to feek ada to play second so drew is now back in the outfield for now um full time because i just felt like i had to shake up some stuff a little bit Ackball was struggling um there were some other pieces struggling so Satino is strictly in left against righties. Uh, Drew is strictly in right. And then at second base, it's Rodriguez against lefties and Adder versus righties right now just to see maybe if, even though the batting average and everything is okay, just see if we can get a little more run production. Well, I think you're, at the end of the day, you get to a certain point, and if you are like me, um, sometimes you juggle things just because you feel like <laughs> you got to do something to break the... Uh, break the, the the pass you know <laughs> yeah and with Hebner hurt um i brought up ruiz to play first again against righties so we're we're spinning some stuff trying to figure something out to maybe get going a little bit it's been an odd season it feels like you have some depth in the organization in the position players um Mm-hmm. You started talking about pitching, and I think from the layman's view, from the outside looking in, you look at some of the big numbers, and uh, pitching seems to be the obvious uh, Achilles heel when it comes to, or the obvious answer when it comes to why are the Jimmies not doing Jimmy things. <laughs> um, talk to me a little bit about uh, Feliciano Rafael and that decision to bring him over. Yeah, he... um. His May has been a lot better in April, at least thus far. I felt like after last year, it was the same thing was pitching. The pitching took a huge step back, even though I felt like I had some solid arms, especially when I look around the league and seeing some of the guys who are doing decent, and I don't think they're as talented as some of the guys I have. So, like Raphael, I felt like I had to – so I'll take a step back on Raphael real quick. I feel like Rojas is taking his – you know, it's taking a little bit of time to get to that upper echelon like his ratings just because it happened so fast um i think he's still catching up so i felt like i really needed to get a top of the rotation arm navaris after last year i you know i I figured he'd have a bounce back which at least his fip right now is bounced back but his era is still high but i felt like i needed to get established arm and knowing and i knew it was a gamble but you know i figured if i could get him for a decent price which i felt like i did I think Chris got two solid pitchers back, but I didn't. I don't. I don't think I can't remember the names of both of them right now, and I should because one of them was a guy, uh, Vor, like Borhove or Vorheve, however you say it. I don't think he was ever going to be that great in my park, but I think Brown could be solid. I think the biggest thing holding him back was stamina, but to me, they weren't like franchise changing arms, so I've, I had no problems shipping them along with uh, Guerrera to get Rafael to make the salary work. So I just needed a top rotation arm without, you know, spending an arm and a leg. You uh, took the segue into um, into Rojas, and I think I was actually going to come back to Rojas because uh, when people talk about Charm City and pitching, they immediately go to Rafael because he is the name. To me, Luis Rojas is your ace and is the guy of the future also. Um you, he's uh, he's an interesting case because he's 27 and he really just now seems to be becoming the pitcher that he should be. I'm interested in his career path. How how have you seen him actually grow? He's a he's a bit of a surprise to me because I haven't been watching him. 
I mean, he's a, he's a surprise to me too. I, I took him on, um, cause I needed a reliever. He was basically a reliever at that point. I think he had three pitches still, but I'm not sure where the development of them were. Um, but I traded him for, you know, and we joked on the one AF, uh, was AFBI about, um, about, you know, trading him a crappy catcher, but he actually had a solid year for Lane, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it was basically a, a solid middle long relief guy for a, you know, potential backup, maybe low division starting catcher. And then it seems like as soon as I got him, it wasn't even in that first season. He was okay out of the bullpen and he just kind of blew up. He added a pitch, his changeup kind of exploded. Like everything just started exploding out of nowhere to where he just became potential starting pitcher and then now potential top of rotation pitcher if everything comes together. I mean, even, even his screwball, he added. I did, I'm looking now. It was a four last time I looked. Current and potential, it's bumped to a five. Literally everything is bumping about him. All, all like it seems like all. It's kind of crazy. I've never, never in OTP had a guy bump like this guy. There you go. Yeah, it does happen. And the interesting thing is he bumped at about age 24, 25. So he was mm-hmm. not a uh, like a 18, 19, 20 year old uh, phenom who suddenly just became came out of nowhere. He's been around and he became uh, Louis Gosh Dang Rojas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we'd really need him to. He's he's been picking it up again. He's probably been the most consistent, but he's been better. And I think for us to keep turning turning things around, he's going to have to pick it up more or keep doing what he's doing. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on the back end of your rotation? Because that is where the real uh, pain is. Rafael is coming back, and Rafael will do Rafael things. Rojas is looking like he should become one of those elite top five or ten kind of pitchers, um, maybe top three or five. And uh, so the key, it feels like, is Navarra's, uh, Goto, uh, Gato, and Rios. Uh, and those guys have really hit hard, uh, hard rock bottom. Is that? Are you looking at doing something about them, or are you going to try to ride out the storm? What are your What are your plans going forward? I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, Goto has been moved to the pen uh, for now. I called up Steve Scott in an opener role because he uh, from AAA because he has the pitches and stuff to be a starter. He just has real bad stamina after. Um, an injury a couple seasons ago. So he's in an opener role now, just to experiment. I feel like Rios is just going through some lumps, you know, sophomore lumps. Cause even last year, his FIP was under four, but he had an ERA near six. So I think he's just still figuring things out. He's only got 20 or 19 career starts. So he, I, I would hope he'll at least even out a little bit. Um, Navarre still makes me, scratch my head because he was so good those first two years and the last two years it's just been a struggle i hope he can even out too but yeah the the bottom three arms of the rotation for sure are going to have to figure it out for us to do something uh just the problem is as you know pitching is just so expensive it's really (laughs) expensive you know i was shopping laura and i had guys telling me they don't want to give up a ton for laura because they want to worry because if the, a pitcher opens up and it's like if the pitching market is not only expensive, it's affecting the rest of the trade market because nobody wants to trade for something else. Yeah, it's effective and it's flaky. 
you know, you get uh, the, you, you talk about Navarro's. I mean, Navarro's, you look at his ratings, you look at his history, and you think, okay, there's a guy that at least shouldn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bunch of those around the league, right? There's a bunch of uh, guys who you look, look pretty good. They've got some pedigree, um, you know, but they're hit and miss. Some of them are fantastic, and others you, you'd rather not have pitching for you. So um, let me well, let me take a – go ahead. Rosen say real quick, I just noticed about Navarro's, which is even weirder, he's a lefty. His OPS versus right-handers is under 700, but against lefties is under is over 800. So he's got reverse splits right now too. So I don't, you know. And at some point you think about it as sample size and we're getting we've talked in a couple of different podcasts that we're in mid-May, so that sample size argument still is valid, uh, but you're getting a few weeks away from the point where you start saying, okay, it's not really sample size. Something is, you get into June and July and you can no longer really be falling back on sample size questions. So, nope. and Navarra struggled last year a little bit too. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You know, not all, um, not all equal ratings are equal. So maybe that seven, seven, seven is closer to six, six, six. I don't know. Um, it's possible. You just never know. Let me uh, turn a corner here real quick, and um, I want you to do a quick rundown on your uh, division. I want to hear Brandon Slock's uh, Charm City's general manager's impression on his division. And I think what we're going to do here is essentially as close <clears throat> to a word association as we can. I'm going to give you a team, uh, give me a word or a phrase or whatever the first thought is out of your mind about that team, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can have some fun with that. Okay. Alrighty, uh, let's uh, start at uh, at the top. Let's start with Montreal. Uh, I guess talented would be the word for them. Uh, they're real young. They're real talented. Um, I'm surprised they didn't do a little better last year when he called all those guys up, but uh, they seem to be doing it this year. New Orleans. Probably, I don't know if stable is the word I want to use. Maybe consistent, just always there Atlantic City uh surprised surprised I think they got some talented players but I'm not sure they're as talented as the uh the other teams and I know you always bring it up Josh seems to have something up his sleeve <laughs> um so it looks like it's another one of those years Josh is one of those quiet guys that, mm-hmm. that never seems to make a wave but uh his team's uh, just surprised me in different ways. He, so he always manages to have at least one terrible contract and not be a dumpster fire. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> it's remarkable. Annoying is what it is. It's it, yeah, <laughs> it definitely is being in his division. Yes. How about Rockville? I don't. Man, I, I guess declining. Even though they still got a lot of things going on. This that's probably not even the word. I mean, it's still too early. I guess to say they're declining, but you know, some of those guys are starting to get older. I mean, Cannon. Looks like he's on his way to run away with another Nebraska, and Dempster looks to. So, you know, maybe the word's more unlucky right now than declining. Brooklyn. Than declining. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. They, they're, I don't know, because they had a start like I thought I would, and now they're playing more like they have the last couple seasons. So I don't know if I have a word for them. Maybe it's just inconsistent. Jacksonville. That's declining. Uh, that's probably the better one for declining. Um, and I know if you've mentioned, I don't know much about, uh, Greg, but you've mentioned he's a good GM, but and so maybe, maybe this isn't, you know, I don't think it's on him. This probably would have happened to Tyler if he was still here. I think just a lot of, 
I think Tyler had the all bat strategy before the league kind of went to all bats, and now those bats aren't as significant. Charlotte still building, I guess. I'm not. I'm not sure. They got a lot of interesting pieces. It's, it's tough to peg a word when I think about that. Um, they've been doing everything they can to get talent, and I definitely can appreciate appreciate that. Um, man, maybe. Maybe up and coming. They're still way down there. So maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have. Yeah, I don't have a word for Charlotte because <laughs> they they have work to do. You're Already right. Charm City underperforming. Clearly, I think there's way too much talent uh, on this team for us to be to not to. I mean, to be at 16 and 26, but our our record was definitely from the terrible start. I do th- I do wonder if we're a little bit of a victim of what happened the last couple of years with ratings where I kind of went for more pre- premium position players over big bats and then a lot of these big bigger bats kind of exploded. So while I have some good bats, they don't they don't hold up to some of these lumbering outfielders and first basemen that a lot of teams have. I don't really have anybody like that. Let's uh, wrap this up. I want to give you uh, one more uh, quick uh, quick question: Where do you project Charm City to end the season at this point? I think we still can at least nab a wild card, but it's going to take a lot. I'm having a feeling unless I make another move, it's probably not. It, it might not happen unless I make another move for probably pitching, just because there's some teams that aren't performing to their potential that are still above me that don't have a wild card spot. And I, you know, I was wondering who I was going to replace to get in the playoffs this year, because all those teams were still pretty solid, but I felt good about getting the playoffs. And now now I got teams above me that I didn't expect. And I got teams above me. I did expect. So I'm, I got a lot of climbing to do to get to the playoffs. I think we, we can still do it, but I'm, I'm not sure we will be honest with you. I appreciate you taking your time here this morning to give us a run through of uh, one of the most enigmatic teams in the league right now. And uh, good luck going forward. I, I definitely expected to see the Charm City Jimmies in the playoffs. And uh, if you can make that run, that would be uh, quite a story. Uh, it would be nice. It's, we've been waiting a long time. You've been listening to the BBA Today, a podcast that covers the Brewster Baseball Association every day. Music is bold statements available at FeslerInStudios.com and use low attribution. Be safe and well, and we will hear you again tomorrow.